This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, it's Ashley Kane here. I wanted to let you know that this podcast contains difficult themes of abuse and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Please only listen if it feels safe for you. Men, women, children, you only learn when you fall. A man could talk me to his blue in the face, Dwayne, don't do this, don't do that. But until I felt that pain, then you know. Welcome to Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts, the podcast. An inspirational, motivational podcast to strengthen you, to inspire you, to make you believe that no matter what you're going through in this world, that you are strong enough to overcome it with a fierce mind and a kind heart. In this podcast, we'll be exploring some amazing people's tough struggles, but also their amazing moments so that you can relate, so that you can understand and so that you can implement some of these values into your life to help you with your own personal situations. Let's go, I want you to know with this podcast that you're not the only one that's going through the things that you're going through, and we can help you. Listen up, learn, and have an amazing journey. Let's go, champs. At age 16, today's guest was the fastest man on the planet. He has a huge appetite for success and a real Lions mentality. Today, I am joined by GB track sprinter, Dwayne Chambers. Dwayne, listen, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today, (laughs) to see you again. Always, I'm here, man. It's crazy, Dwayne, because you actually know my cousin. Yeah. I remember we was talking, you said I used to come to your house and I was like, I don't remember. Yeah. I remember the first time you came to my house, right? So it was just after Christmas. Had a PlayStation or an Xbox at the time, and I got international track and field. Mm. So I was actually playing with Dwayne Chambers on this game. <laughs> the next minute, I heard a knock at the door, and went there. down, <laughs> and it was you and all the guys that we were just playing with, and it was a real surreal moment. So when I actually got found out that you were going to be on SES with me, when I actually got to meet you properly for yeah. the first time, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I remember that day, clear as day. <laughs> and it's a blessing to still be able to sit in front of you today. There's part of me in there that was watching you, Dwayne, and, and was looking up to you mm. um, for several different reasons. One, because as an ex-junior mm. athlete myself, I always wanted to be the fastest guy in the country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You were, in fact, the fastest guy in the world, in the world at one point, which is incredible. There was another part of me that has seen your journey and seen what it must have took to have achieved the things that you've achieved, Mm. but also overcome the things that you've overcome. Mm. And one thing that really hit home with me and and, and warmed my heart with you is one day on SAS, we always struggling. Mm. And you came at that point, you put your arm around me Mm. and you sat with me and it kind of reiterated to me how important it is to have somebody that you look up to support Mm. you, Mm. how important it is for men to speak about their problems, how important it is to just talk. Because I guess that there's been times in your life where things have built up to the mm-hmm. point where you felt like you're going to explode. Mm-hmm. And I can only thank you for that. And I just want to ask you a question. What what made you have 
that kind heart and that nurturing nature because without that at that time for me in that I would have really struggled I would have probably not been able to make it through the next day but with your help with your kind heart with your kind of fatherly worldly kind of experience you managed to help me at that point what really inspired that in you what really brought that out going back to my childhood yeah. I'll just shed some light on the whole situation. So I grew up in a strict West Indian family. Didn't see my dad much, but had a very strict stepfather. So his way of being brought up was very physical, hands-on. We got beaten a lot. Yeah. So I always yearned for a hug and a kiss and I love you. I never got that. None, never, ever got that. So that developed a chip on my shoulder. That chip on the shoulder continued to stay in the oven and burn and grow and get crisp and harden. And it made me a little bit wired mentally, which fueled me for sport, but left me frustrated in life. As a result of that, it encouraged an inability to not be able to talk. So because I couldn't talk, my frustrations got took in my running. But when it came to dealing with constructive criticism or the ability to just share my emotions, I couldn't do that. And I would vent, yeah. I would lie, I would cheat, and I would be dishonest. So growing up and realizing I was causing these mistakes year after year, month after month, week after week, day after day, I didn't know how to get out of it, but I knew internally something was wrong. Because of this tortured childhood that I had, it stemmed into my career, obviously it did, but as I become a parent, I could see myself becoming my stepfather to my first son. So I'd carried the institutionalized behavior. I was carrying that chain of events. And I thought, what are you doing here? You know what? Because you were talking about how, you know, because of your upbringing and, mm. and because of your childhood, and even probably how you had to be to get where you are in your career, you had to be ferocious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? What was the defining moment where your heart began to take over and you became this man because for me, from what I'm hearing, it's similar to my situation and I only really found my my true power mm. and my real human nature when things started becoming about other people mm -hmm. and someone else. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned your kids. Mm -hmm. You seen you you seen your your child that day, your first son, and you said, I don't want that for him. Mm -hmm. In order for that, you had to identify what you were being like which is a massive step. You had to change that whole narrative mm. of how you've grown up. Then you had to apply it. And that's amazing because a lot of people go through life, Dwayne, mm. without even being able to notice their pitfalls, especially mm. going that far to be able to change them. So I just kind of want people listening to understand because you've been through so many things and to such an extent and a high level. But I think a lot of the words that you say can relate to people in their normal day-to-day -day life. It might be the spark that someone needs to think, you know what, I need to change too. Mm -hmm. The defining moment was once I learned that it wasn't, other people weren't to blame, it was me. I'm in control of my own actions, my own decisions. So every action has a reaction and every action I made was great on the track, but all my actions off the track were bad. I was yeah. imbalanced. I was praised as this demigod, so to speak. But you, you, mate, you track. were. I can, I can say that as a, as a young person looking up to Fine. you. Phenomenal. But behind closed doors, I wasn't the person you saw on the track. I wasn't. You only see the glamour. 
Social media portrays that. You only see the good points. But behind cameras, off this screen, when I come out of this sound booth and go in my car, I'm, I'm a different person. We all are. We all close our doors at the end of the evening and we think, shit, what a long day. What defines you is not what you say, but what you do. So once I learned that it's my actions that define me, then I realised you can't blame people no more. Don't just talk about it, be do about it. it. Yeah, do it. Oh, I promise I'm going to do this. I was, you know what it was? My mum used to say to me, your dad was full of empty promises. Yeah. When she said that, I thought, I didn't get what she meant. I'm like, what do you mean empty promises? Then when he used to see me on occasion, I used to see my dad, what? It felt like once every six months. That's what it felt like. As a kid, you don't have a concept of time. Yeah. And my dad would say, yeah, I promise I'll come and see you. I promise to buy you this. I promise this. And I never got what he promised. Then the penny dropped. I was like, he's always saying these things, but he never does it. And then I became my dad without realising, I promised these athletes or promised these females or promised my wife in the early days, I promise I'll do this. And I never did. And then she said it to me too. Empty promises. And it, that was like a knife in my heart. And I thought, mm, I don't like the way I feel. And I'm being told that I'm that way too. Yeah, it's, it's not just that inkling in the back of your head. You're being people told. People you care about yeah, are I tell telling you. you. And when she said that to me, that's when I said, I want to change. Man, I'll be honest, D, like, I had to hold back the tears when you're talking because there were parts of that that relate so much to my life and to my situation in terms of, yeah, I could say the same thing as you. Yeah. I lived a really eccentric mm -hmm. and fun life with no meaningfulness or purpose yeah, at all. Mm -hmm. Nobody was more important than me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was doing some pretty insane things. I was pro footballer, I was a TV personality, I was DJing all over the world, I had businesses, I had cars, I had a lifestyle, but I had no meaning, no. I had no true purpose. No. And as soon as my daughter came along, everything changed. And I always thought I had a big heart until not only when my daughter came into this earth, but when I found out that she had leukemia, mm. my heart just exploded. It was full of love. And for the first time, I was actually, I'd say satisfied with the person that I was because I knew I could really be mm. who I truly wanted to be because mm. I feel like my whole life before, I was not living up to expectations. I was disappointing other people and myself. And I was a letdown. Mm. That's what I truly believed. And I said that when my daughter came in, when she got diagnosed, I said, I ain't being that guy anymore. Mm -hmm. And I became the man that I always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a question, Dee? Do you think with the ban, mm -hmm that that public kind of exposure, you having to fight the demons, not only in your own head and at home, but publicly made you stop and stop you in your tracks and thought, you know what, I need to change. I need to talk, I need to open up. Mm -hmm. And I actually need to be me. Mm -hmm. I can't hide anything anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't get beyond anything. I have to be open, I have to be upfront. And do you think in a way, in the end, that may have helped the person that you've become? 
The suspension from sport was necessary. I don't regret it. It's happened. It was necessary for it to happen. A, it's crazy. It was necessary. It's crazy how I kind of said that and I knew that you'd be honest. Yeah, it was necessary. But I wasn't expecting the answer and now you said it. Mm. It had to happen. It was supposed to happen. Yeah. There's no way I could have continued in the sport with the past I've had. Because that would have spilled over in some other way. It was okay. necessary for me to take the performance and hearts as I did. It was necessary for me to perform the way I did. And it was necessary for me to fall. Wow. It had to happen. It was supposed to happen. I don't second question it. It was necessary for all those parts to happen in order for me to grow. Men, women, children, you only learn when you fall. A man could talk me to his blue in the face, Dwayne, don't do this, don't do that. But until I felt that pain, then you know what barriers to cross and how to question certain things before you make an action. Now, Situation comes up, I sit there and I dress it. Is this beneficial for me? I look at it, I talk it with my team. Nah, it's not good for you, D. And I listen and I ask, why is it not good? I've got the confidence to do that now. Whereas before I'd be like, yeah, it's all right. Whereas what I've started to do is listen to my spider sense, that little voice. I eliminate the noise. Social media's noise, as much great as it is, it's noise. Certain peers, noise. But when I hear that little voice say, D, what are you doing? I stop now. Whereas before, there'd be bare noise. Someone's like, Dwayne. I'm like, ah. I've, I've got to talk about this because this, this was a powerful moment for me, especially sitting opposite you today. When I was on the way here on the train, I met this gentleman, really cool gentleman. Mm -hmm. I said to him, I, I was excited. I said, I've got Dwayne Chambers in today. I said, he's a good friend of mine. I said, we filmed together. And um, we, we got talking about a certain topic and um, it made your story a lot more powerful to me and a lot more inspirational. And I think it will do to the people that are listening as well, because we talk about mental health a lot now. Not enough, mm -hmm. but we talk about it a lot now. And it's so important for the day-to-day -day person, for the athlete, for anybody in this life to speak about how they feel, because it's so important. Now, he told me about um, a rugby player called Terry Newton. Mm -hmm. And Terry Newton was a, he, he played rugby and towards the end of his career, he was struggling. So he doped basically. Mm -hmm. After getting caught, he was kind of shunned out. He was pushed out by his friends, by his peers, by the rugby association, by his supporters. He was targeted. He suffered a lot of abuse. And in 2010, he took his own life. Um, and that's what really made me feel so so strong about actually sitting opposite to you today because after my situation, I've had a lot of kind of trouble and a lot of battles about wanting to fight and be here. Mm. And I know mm. where I've had to go to stay here. And hearing this story, which is kind of so relatable to your situation, was there any moments, number one, where you did feel like that was an option? And the, the second isn't a question, it's, bro, if there was, I'm glad you fought through it and I'm sitting <laughs> opposite you today because that must have took some extreme strength. Because it, cause you've got to look at it, Dwayne, a lot of people won't think about this. A lot of people will just look at you as Dwayne Chambers, a character that you play with on the PlayStation, someone that you watch on TV. They don't realise that you're actually a person with feelings and emotions as well. And they 
wouldn't have to understand the amount of abuse and criticism that you received and what you had to fight through, not only in the public, but introvertly within yourself. Think of this as an analogy. We've all, everyone can somewhat relate to this, whether we've all ridden a bicycle or gone on a swing or played and fallen and hurt ourselves badly. Yeah. And you've cried. Now imagine that pain every day for 10 years. Yeah. 10 years, I felt that same pain that we once all felt playing the school playground, you fell over, you grazed your knee, you scuffed yourself and you cried. 10 years. Now there came a point during that 10 year period where I thought, I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to do this. Suicide Bridge, North London, Islington, the Archway Station. I drove up there. So I stood on the bridge I stood on the bridge and I thought, this would be a lot easier if I'm not here. Yeah. A lot easier. So I might have to face this disappointment because I was walking in a tunnel that was dark and I could not see a light. 10 years, Ashley. This is not me saying it was anyone else's fault. This was my own doing, but not being able to get any support because I was too embarrassed to see my mum, my dad, my friends. I was embarrassed. I was too afraid to ask for support and help. So you couldn't even rely on the, you couldn't even look to the main people. I was too embarrassed. Support. Yeah. They were dead, but I didn't want to go. Again, my childhood put that there. So I didn't know how to cope. So I thought the easiest way is to jump. But then what does jumping solve? What pulled you back? Sky Chambers, my firstborn. Sky Chambers. Pull me back. Not my wife, not my mum and dad, my son. I thought, if I do that, how's he going to cope? Because he's going to bear the brunt of my previous actions. Wow. He will bear that. And it will be unfair to him for me to do that. Unfair to my wife to do that. Unfair to those who have supported me. Unfair to the sport that it gave to me, I took from it, and I'm not gonna put anything back. So by, by me jumping, is robbing the sport of what experience I now have, that I can now use to share on this day. By us talking about this now, people are going through some struggles. Believe you me. D. And they're gonna listen to this and be like, there's more to this jumping. You have more to give if you don't jump. So I stood on that bridge, Ashley, and I thought, that's a long way down. <laughs> <laughs> that is a long way down. And all weird things, if I jump, I'm gonna hit somebody's car, I'm gonna destroy their lives. The mess that I'll cause on the street, weird things were just going through my head. I thought, leave it. So you, so you must have been at, at the point where you, you're really thinking about this. Like, yeah. no, I, I, I mean, it sounds strange for me to say, cause you were standing on that bridge. But what I'm trying to say is you're thinking of all the after effects. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it was like the thing that I always say for myself, yeah. In that moment, you took Dwayne Chambers out of the equation. Yes, I did. And you thought, what about Sky? Mm -hmm. What about my parents? Mm -hmm. What about, like you say, the sport and the people that are coming through mm -hmm. that can learn from me? Mm -hmm. That's when 
that's your that's your defining moment. That's where the light came on. That's your defining moment. Mm -hmm. In that point, bang, Dwayne Chambers starts becoming number one, mm -hmm. which has always been a hard mm -hmm. reality for you to face, mm -hmm. but a reality that was the important factor of changing your life and, in effect, the people around you's life now. Mm -hmm. And there's so many lessons in that, what you said to me, D. Number one, you didn't feel like you could have spoke to the people around you at that time because you were too embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Now, time after speaking to those people, I bet all they wanted you to do was speak Just to them. Speak. Just speak to them. Just speak. Lesson for people listening. Mm -hmm. Even when you think you cannot speak to the people around you, when what you've done, you may think is too much to voice, the people around you that love you, that care about you, will always want you to talk and open up. I think that's a vital lesson. Number two, when you felt like 10 years, you said, you were going through that dark tunnel. Year after year, I bet you thought you were never going to see the light. But you, but you finally did. Yeah. You finally seen the light and we're here today and you've continued and you are going to continue to do some amazing things. Even if you talk about the, the micro in it, in terms of your family, mm. you talk about the macro in the thousands and the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that you're going to inspire and help with your journey now and the people that are listening. And I think, I didn't really think this was going to be an emotional one today, but I should have known better. <laughs> I should have known better because I think when you're able to, to lower your barriers and let people in and say things that you wouldn't usually say, it can trigger emotion. And I think because your story is so powerful, I mean, Dwayne, I'll be honest, before meeting you, like I seen, like it was like Britain's fastest ever. Do you know what I mean? I seen this this person that I looked up to and I was inspired by. But after sitting down here and talking to you today, none of that stuff matters to me. Mm. Mm. That was just a chapter of my life, and one part. But there's more to the man off the track. There's more to the man beyond this podcast that we're doing. And one thing I've learnt. And it was valuable for me to learn to talk because me holding that stuff in is the equivalent to like keeping a secret. Secrets don't want to stay a secret. They want to get out. Yeah. And that builds resentment and frustration. Mm. And when people, people feel that they can't keep it in, sometimes it's taking their life is the next best option for them. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the best option, but it's a thought. And by not telling people about it, they're left with one conclusion. And that's not always the right conclusion. Again, by me then opening that door to talk, it saved my life. Yeah. As a result, I now have my 13-year-old Rocco Star Chambers. Yeah. And I have my little daughter Phoenix Lee Chambers, who I now can talk to. But if I wasn't here, A, they wouldn't be here, and B, Sky would have no one to talk to. Yeah. So how can I guide him? Exactly. How would I guide them? How would they guide me? They guide me now. They they are your reason why. They guide me. And I still have everyday battles. In my mind, I'm still thinking about myself, but I've also got to put them first. Yeah. It is a tricky one. And I speak to a lot of parents who are like, I can't believe I'm a parent. 
and I've had my kids a long time now. Yeah. But I still have that everyday battle. But I, I sit back and I think, you know, you're in a very privileged position. You have the opportunity to give back because there are individuals out there who don't know how to handle their emotions. And they're not sure if the decision they're making is the right one. I didn't know if the decisions I was making were the right ones. I go through them and learn from them. Yeah. But what you have to do is get back up. So when you're faced with that situation again, you know how to avoid it. Yeah. So the falling is necessary, however costly it is. There are people out there that have done way worse than I have. All I've done was hurt myself. Yeah. Put the sport into disrepute. But there are people who have gone through worse. There are people that train at our track at Lee Valley Athletic Centre who have been in Afghanistan have lost limbs. What I've gone through is insignificant to that. Insignificant. But do I see them complaining? No. They get up every day, they put their prosthetic limbs on and they crack on. So when I see that, I was like, you ain't got a worry in the world. Would I be a strong... Actually, no matter what I've gone through, you are a stronger man than me. What I've gone through is just a small blip in my sport, but you've lost. That, I wouldn't know how to handle. Yeah. In all honesty. So you're a stronger man than me. I think, I think, Dwayne, what I have to... I know that's tough. The only, the only way I can... The only way I, I see it and I believe it now is that my daughter's in heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I believe that, you know what, the Lord's seen her as being too good for this earth. Mm -hmm. And now he's put her in a better place. But then the reality of that for me is I must be here for a purpose now. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I can truly live my life, believing that I'm here for a purpose. My purpose being to help as many children and to change and create a brighter future for these children fighting cancer. Because I want to take my daughter on a journey around this world. I want to continue a legacy. And by the extreme love I have for my daughter, I believe, well, I, we currently are, mm -hmm. and I believe we will continue to do so, revolutionise childhood cancer. So in effect, there was a moment for me in hospital, Dwayne, um, where when my, when my daughter first got diagnosed, I couldn't even stand up. Mm. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't think. I was having a panic attack. And then after the first few hours, I looked over at the bed and seen a little girl that needed me. So all of a sudden, bang, like that, my emotions didn't matter anymore. What mattered is me being the person I needed to be mm -hmm. to get this little girl through it to make her have the best experience while she's fighting, to always be there for her and create the best energy. And I, I remember saying to Sophia at the time, I said that this isn't about us anymore. Mm -hmm. This is about that little girl. As soon as we cross this line, this is Club 100. Yep. We aren't in control of anything to do with her situation. No matter how much we want, we cannot take her onus away. We cannot make her better. All we can do is create the best environment that she could be in. And that's what we did. And that's, that's gone on into my life now. My life isn't about me anymore. My life is about my beautiful little girl watching down on me. 
and it's about these other children fighting cancer. It's also about people out there who are struggling and believe that there is no light at the end of the tunnel because I want to be proof that no matter what you've gone through in this world, mm. you can overcome it. I mean, you're talking about a 10-year period, Dwayne. I feel like this is going to last with me till the day that I die. And it's I cry every day. Mm. That's the truth. I feel sad every day. I feel depressed every day. But you know what? My reason why means far more to me than my own self-pity. I stopped turning up to the pity pie and I will never, ever go back there because I am prepared to stand up. I am prepared to fight mm. and I'm prepared to battle through whatever I need to battle through to create a brighter future for the people that I care about. And I feel like sometimes in life and a lot of people don't realise is it's easy to worry about, be, well, worry about, be stressed about, be depressed about, be anxious about everything that's happening to you. Mm. We can always say, oh, this happened to me. Oh, when I went there, that happened. That stopped me from doing that. But the reality of it in life is no one gives a fuck. Your job doesn't give a fuck. Your boss doesn't give a fuck. The people around you who you're trying to impress don't care mm -hmm. what you've been through. Mm -hmm. They care about who you are and what you're going to do about it. And I think sometimes in life, D, we overcomplicate a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. I believe, you know what? You either do it or you don't. Simple. You be that person or you don't. You make a difference in this world or you don't. Mm -hmm. We've all got excuses. We've all got problems. They don't ever and will never define you. It's the person you become and what you choose to do after that will define you. 100%. And one thing that sitting across from you is you've realised who you need to be, what you need to do, and who you need to do it for. And I'll do the same. And that's why, bro, listening to you today and getting to spend time with you, I mean, it's an honour and a privilege for me. You're a star in my eyes. You're somebody that I've always looked up to and you're somebody that I respect more now after this conversation than I've ever respected before. And I just want you to, to keep pushing and keep striving and keep being that big brother figure that you were to me, to everyone else in this world because everybody needs somebody with your experience, with that fierce mind that you've had to get to go to the heights that you've reached. That kind heart to realise that maybe you had to change mm. and be a different person to progress not only your life, but the people's around you. And I think it's, it's gonna be amazing, number one, for people to listen to this, but amazing to see, you know what, wherever you're going and what you're doing over the next 10 years. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You were no stranger to being first mm-hmm. place from the age of mm-hmm. being 16. Mm-hmm. Well, probably a lot earlier than mm-hmm. that. The best in the world. And... The price you pay of putting in all that work, becoming first, first, first again, then the minute that you're not, mm-hmm. is that what tempted you? And I want to bring something up here, Dwayne. I know a lot of people in athletics. And is it a thing where this is more common than people think? I'm not asking you to give any names or share any details, but is this something that is a problem in sport at the minute, do you believe? Performance enhancing or decisions you're making? Performance enhancing. I would like to think it's changed now because punishments are harsher. Yeah. And coaches are more educated. Yeah. So rather than going down that route of taking performance enhances like I did, I think coaching education has got that much more superior that we revert more to the science. What can we do biomechanically yeah. with an athlete? Yeah. So I think that is improved and that's great to see because I now embark upon that. The thought of encouraging my athletes to take performance in arts doesn't even enter my mind. Yeah. So I know that is not the ingredients or the knowledge I would like to impart in them. Yeah. There's always another way. Yeah. I chose to close all those doors. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I look at medical doctors, people in that profession on a global scale, and I look, I see them dedicate their lives to various things that they do. And I said to myself, what am I dedicating my life to? Something that when I'm gone, people are like, this guy dedicated his life to X, Y, and Z. Legacy. So that's my mission now. I'm on a mission to A, find what I'm going to dedicate my life to. And when I do that, that's what I want to be known for. Not just a random or not just be on this earth or be on this earth's sake and not have my name as a reference point. I don't want to be forgotten. What I've gone through is breadcrumbs for other people to pick up and learn from. Yes. So my message to other people, whatever breadcrumbs you lay down on the floor, make sure they're being picked up to use wisely. Otherwise, you need to change your script. So I get into keynote speaking now. That's what I've got myself into. Amazing. So I'm working on my script, how to deliver. So I can engage with not only young children, but people on a higher level. So I can help them through. A, personally, and B, from business perspective. And I do this in the sports world too. And I've got my own performance academy, the Dwayne Chambers Performance Academy, where I have over 100 young children who come in and learn and learn life skills through sport. Yes. So that fills my day. So that yes. is amazing to me. That is amazing. So what age range are these kids doing? Dwayne? So we work from nine to 21 years of age. Yeah. So we have kids that are great at sport, that are not great at sport, but we teach them to be confident in their abilities. Yeah. So as all the coaches that we have on our team, We've all come from a sporting background and we've all had the harshness of sport through experience. So when we can see these young children going through difficult times, we can relate and you help pick them up. Them, you can literally 100%. walk them through it because you've all been there and you've done that. I mean, I can say from a personal note, mate, to be one of those kids must be like an absolute dream. If I had the opportunity as a kid, because I used to be a sprinter, 
to work with someone like you with your banks of knowledge, experience and accolades, it would be an absolute dream. Mm. So you've got to understand as well. And it, it's got to give you a slight bit of self-satisfaction or it's got to start filling up your tank oh. of what you're giving back to know that you've got a hundred children that you are helping not only to be better in their sport, but to be better people in life. I'm not too concerned about what these young children do in sport because there's life after sport. Yeah. What I want to ensure is that we develop or help be part of their development to decent human beings. Oh, Whatever they do in sport is, you know, just a bonus. But there's going to be life after it. And what individuals are they going to become after they do well in sport or whether they don't? So they're going to learn valuable lessons that when training gets hard, you don't bail out, you get up and you carry on. When life gets hard, you don't bail out, you carry on. When you can't find an answer, you ask questions, you don't jump. By you asking questions, there's somebody else that's going through a difficult time. That same person you're speaking to may be going through a difficult time too. But by you two talking, you're not only A, helping yourself, but you're helping that person too. So you've got to get it out of you in order for the body to flourish. You're totally right what you're saying, Dwayne. And I think the reason why I love what you're doing is because I believe that sport and fitness teaches us so many life lessons as well. Sure There's so many fundamentals. I mean, I look at my life as a kid, yeah, and people say, oh, how do you do what you're doing now? As a kid, I played football Conscious City Monday night. I trained athletics Tuesday. I played football Wednesday. I done athletics Thursday. I trained football Friday. I played matches Sunday. Mm. I done athletics Sunday. Mm. Um, Saturday, sorry, yeah, done athletics Sunday. Sunday. Mm. When it was not football season, I did boxing and I did athletics. Mm. Or I was playing rugby. Every single night of the week, I was training. So I've never been afraid of hard work, mm -hmm. of pushing myself and the commitment. I think I was lacking the responsibility. And I think what my situation did for me, my defining moment, it harnessed all of that ability and all of that potential mm. and it put it into doing good. And the reason I say sport's good for us all is because as a kid, you do what your parents tell you to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, anyway, mm -hmm. I had to, definitely mm -hmm. when I was a kid, and I'm, I know you yep. definitely did. So no matter how bad I was feeling that day, I had to go to school. I had to go training for three hours that night, and I had to get up the next day and do the same thing. And no matter how bad I was feeling, how emotional I was feeling, how depressed, I didn't really have time to think about it because I was so used to battling through it mm. with the training I had to do. And I believe in a certain way, some of the tough times in my life or some of the hardships or some of the troubles that I went through, the fact that no matter what, I had to still do what I had to do, catered me for my life now. Mm. The reason why I train for four hours a day at the minute, when I don't feel like it, is because I physically want to punish myself. Mm. I want to push myself through not only my emotional barriers, but my physical barriers. Because if I can do it in practice, when the next thing comes, I'm ready. Yeah. If I'm feeling stressed out, mate, I run an ice bath and I jump in it because it's hard. Mm. After the ice bath, things become a little bit easier. If I'm feeling really emotional or depressed, I'll go and run for 20 miles. Mm -hmm. Because after that 20 miles of pushing myself physically and working my body physically, I've relieved something off my mind mentally. Correct. And I put myself and I punish myself every single day. And people don't understand this because I'm building mental and physical resilience. 100%. I'm building calluses on my mind. 
I'm making myself unstoppable because my purpose means that much to me that I need to train myself into this animal, this monster and this beast mm. that can crash through every single thing that life wants to throw at me. And it will. Because I need to get to where I need to get to. The only thing I'm scared about in this world, Dwayne, and in this life is not dying. I don't care about dying. My little girl passed away in my arms. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for the opportunity. Do you know what I mean? When it's my time, but not before I've earned my place. Mm -hmm. I'm scared that if I don't do enough while I'm here on earth, I won't earn my place in heaven. Mm. So that means I'm going to be here for a long old time, fighting a long old fight, but doing some pretty amazing yeah. stuff on my journey because I cannot wait for the day that I see my daughter again. Because hopefully by that time I'll be at peace and I'll know I've yep. earned it. 100%. Do you know what I'm trying to say? 100%. 100%. I like that. Yeah. So you have to have a fierce mind and a kind heart in this life, don't you, Dwayne? Fierce mind, kind heart. The two work together. The two work together. I don't think you can really unlock your fierce mind if you haven't got a kind heart power in it. Some people just have kind hearts. And from what I've seen over the past years, they tend to get hurt more. Because they, they want to just please only. And I was that. I just wanted to please all the time. But then got annoyed that I didn't bear my opinion about protecting myself. Then sport made me fierce, but only fierce in one direction. Then when I learned to find the balance, I learned to sit on the fence with it all. And not take sides. Yeah, I just learned to just sit on the fence with it and watch from afar. So now I question, I look two, five, 10 years ahead of my actions. Know where you are. Ask yourself these questions and face them. Am I kind-hearted? Yes, that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. Am I fierce? Maybe not. Do I want to be fierce? No. But be mindful of that. If you feel you're getting taken advantage of, still have the strength to question it. And if you don't not have the strength to question it, put it in a letter. Because some people have difficulty verbalising it. Put it in a voice note. Put it in a text. But then by doing that, it takes that virus out. And it then helps that quiet side of you become more vocal. And I'm saying this because there are people out here who don't have the fierce side but are afraid. So you can still communicate, just do it in another way. But the, th the, the, thing is in, the thing is in life, Dwayne, my point to you is on, the, on this one, right? Would I have chose in my life to have needed a fierce mind? No. Mm -hmm. I would have never chose that path. Would you have chose in your life that you needed a fierce mind? No. No. The fundamental thing is life doesn't care what you choose. And a lot of things that are happening, and we hear more and more about it this day, are traumatic and tough things, yeah? So some things in your life might be as simple as, you know, writing a letter. Some things in your life are going to come and are going to try and take your soul. Mm -hmm. And my point to this is, Dwayne, I, since, since my fight with my daughter and since I lost her, I must get a thousand messages a day. More messages mm. that I can that I can even read or respond back to. And most of these messages are people that are struggling. Yes, yeah, so, so some have lost kids, some have lost parents. Some people are just struggling with day-to-day -day life. Now, my point is, is not turning people into a monster, into a savage, into the next 
MMA champion. I just want to encourage people on a day-to-day basis to step out of their comfort zone and be resilient to prepare themselves, to try and bulletproof their mind a little bit more. Because if I could control it, nobody would have to go through any trouble in this world again. But the harsh reality is people are going to have to. And my question to people is, when they're saying to me, like, how do you do it? It's because I make a conscious effort each and every single day to be a little bit stronger, a little bit tougher, in the hope that when the next thing comes, I'm ready and prepared to be able to overcome it. But what about those who haven't got a reason to fight? Not all of us have lost. I've lost, you've lost. There are hundreds of people out there that have lost. I have a reason to fight and have a fierce mind, but there are some that that just don't. Now, how can we encourage them to be resilient if they don't want to? Like like you're saying, the way that that you that you talk now mm-hmm. is through experience. The reason why you can say the things that you're saying mm. is because of experience. 100%. The reason why you found light at the end of the tunnel is because of experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the people that are gonna be listening to this haven't been through a problem yet. 100%. Some of the people that are listening to this are not gonna be the people that are at the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. So they're still in the unknown, mm-hmm. yeah? Whatever their problem is. I think what point I'm trying to make is, hopefully, if one person takes note to the, of this and changes their life from it and makes an effort every day to change, that's great. If a thousand do great, the higher and the more people that do, that's amazing. But I only realised who I needed to be when my defining moment happened. I think the point of this is, this is going to go out to people that have had their defining moment. And hopefully this is going to make them realise and unlock their reason why. Mm. This is all also going to go out to people that haven't had their struggle yet. Mm. I hope they never have to have their struggle, but hopefully they can start implementing things in their day-to-day life now mm. that will make them a little bit stronger mm-hmm. if their struggle is to come about. And the reason what I'm saying is to step out of your comfort zone every single day. The reason why I'm saying that your academy is so great is because you're teaching and you're telling these kids and to step outside their comfort zone. You're pushing them. You're probably giving them more pressure in their life, a little bit healthy amount of pressure that they wouldn't have had usually on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. Now, with this competitive nature, with them having to push themselves, with them having to sometimes fight through the burn in their muscles or in their mind telling them to stop, mm. that also might be all the training that they need to pull themselves back from jumping that day. Mm-hmm. You understand? Fair point. So I just want people to, to understand that, you know, you're not going to feel good every day. Mm. But what have you done that day to build a bit of resilience in your mind? What have you done that day to push yourself? What have you forced yourself to do today out of choice that when the time comes when you need it you have that strength to force you against doing that or to to be that better person for this to be that little bit stronger and that's why I believe that you've been able to succeed and overcome a lot of things in your life because you had to be fierce in your career Mm. which has enabled you to get through your dark times as well because a lot of the the mental strength and a lot of that ability to do things that you didn't want to do when you had to do it when you were climbing the ladder in your athletics Mm. career 
it's helped you in this life now. Mm. So I just want to say, Dwayne, it's been an absolute honour. It's been great to see you again. Talk a little bit more about some of the amazing things that you're doing now in your life, some of the amazing experiences that I've had with you and some of the amazing things that you're going to continue to teach and inspire other people from around the world now for the rest of your life. It's been great to have you here, Dwayne. It's good to see you again. And uh, hopefully this is the first of many. It will be. And thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Ashley. It means a lot, man. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts. If you are suffering, struggling, or want to know more about mental health, head to mind.org.uk. Remember, your voice will always be heard and there is always someone to talk to.